0: Hello, I'm Alec Avdukov, and welcome to the life and times of Frederick the Great. I would like to thank you all for your support of my podcast, and for your patience, since I am a little late producing this week's podcast. I was conflicted about what I should make this episode about. Originally, I intended this week's episode to be a full episode about the Habsburgs and the Pragmatic Sanction, but I am still waiting for the research material to come out. As of now, there are only three scholarly articles about the Pragmatic Sanction of 1713 in English, and I had to request an interlibrary loan in order to obtain this article. Anyway, long story short... The topic I wanted to write about is no longer viable during the time I have, so I have chosen a different route. The route I have chosen is to take a deep dive into something that is fairly obscure, but important in understanding Frederick Wilhelm's psychology when it comes to ruling. I plan to do a short but deep dive into Frederick Wilhelm's political testament that was written in 1722, about 18 years before he actually died. A political testament is essentially a ruler's last will and testament, but about politics. It is a kind of manifesto that is meant to help guide the future ruler into the vision that the dying ruler had for the had in mind for the state. So this is what I'm going to do. This document is roughly 11 pages long. If I were to read it in its entirety, you would not only be bored to death, but you would not get the historical context to understand why he is writing what he is writing. Therefore, I will explain the main points of his testament, which focuses on religion, finances, the morality of the ruler, the military, and the specific provinces within the king in Prussia. This will also not be a full-length episode because this topic does not quite fit into the narrative of Frederick the Great's life, but it is important to understanding why Frederick Wilhelm ruled the way he did and ruled over his family the way he did. We will also use this document as a guideline to see how well Frederick the Great fit his father's expectations. Also, do not forget to rate me on Apple Podcasts or anything to give me some feedback. I would love to hear from you all, and my email is in the description in case you wanna ask me any questions. So, let us begin with the historical context on why he was writing this document. If you remember, the end of the Great Northern War for Prussia had ended a few years before 1722, the year that he wrote the testament. He had also, in his his nine years of ruling, made his intentions clear that he wanted to get rid of many noble privileges. He got rid of their tax exemptions and changed the system of finances so that they would be more efficient. I also failed to mention this in the regular episode, but Frederick Wilhelm was fiercely Protestant. He despised Catholics and Jewish people with a zeal that matched the 1600s and not quite the Age of Enlightenment. So, throughout his political testament, there are references to Jesus and God and anti-papist and anti-Semitic rhetoric. And, as stated earlier, Frederick Wilhelm wanted to block the privileges of the nobles, specifically those from East Prussia which previously had a lot of privileges due to them being historically linked to Poland rather than the House of Brandenburg, as Frederick Wilhelm called it. He also warns the successor against going into any diplomatic adventures, such as wars. As we saw, Frederick Wilhelm deserved his nickname, the Soldier King, but he did not want to risk his precious soldiers in battle. Because he was at the bloody Battle of Malplaquet an absolute slaughterhouse of a battle, Frederick Wilhelm decided this whole war thing was no good for Prussia. But the expansion of the military was a worthy cause in order for Prussia to gain autonomy on the international stage. However, he does not start his testament with a bombastic proclamation that the Prussian army must grow as big as it can. Instead, as this was a man who believed he was dying, He made amends with the almighty frederick wilhelm wrote i heartily repent all grievous and inner sins which i have committed and pray to god to forgive them for jesus christ's sakes i have always labored to make myself better and to live a godly life so far as i was humanly able to do so and with god's help i will so persevere until my end ah well At least we know somewhere down deep in Frederick Wilhelm's heart, he has a heart. Oh, never mind. The man thinks that ballets and operas are works of the devil. Think I'm making this up? Well, here's what he wrote in the very next paragraph. Neither must my dear successor allow any comedies, operas, ballets or masks to be held in his lands or provinces. He must abhor them because these are godless and devilish things, whereby Satan, his temple and kingdom are increased. So, Frederick Wilhelm believes that anything that distracts from God is a sin. So really anything fun. Just like how in England during the age of Cromwell, They tried to ban christmas he then continues on the theme of morality and explains how a ruler must have not have any extramarital affairs he writes so i beseech my dear successor keep no mistresses nor follow any other such scandalous pleasures and do not allow such admonishable sins to flourish in your lands and provinces, but punish them. And I enjoin you to follow my example and beseech you in considering the constitution of my land and army, to remember that I have always begun with God. Also speaking of the army, he writes something that is very important and dear to Frederick Wilhelm's heart. The command of his army personally. Frederick Wilhelm writes, you must manage your finances personally and alone and order the command of the army personally and alone and dispose of the two main points alone. Then you will have authority in the army through the command and the love of your officers and civil employees, because you alone hold the purse strings and you will be respected and admired by the whole world for a sage and a good ruler. We will see very soon how Frederick will live up to the standard his father set for him. These next few sections of the political testament, he starts listing off the politics and different political situations of all the provinces of the kingdom in Prussia. I will not go into detail about this, even though it is the main meat of the document, because I am a people person and not a numbers person. This is not an economic history of Prussia, but a series about a person whose historical impact is huge. He then talks about religion in his land, and he disrespects the Jesuits with a rage untethered. He writes, you must not tolerate Jesuits in your lands they are devils who are capable of much evil and intrigue against you and the whole community you must not allow them to settle in your lands under any pretext they would try to do so so yeah he clearly had a hatred for catholics fun times he then describes how his successor must not split up his beloved army an institution that kept Prussia at relative peace. Then Frederick Wilhelm says something that is extremely crucial, so I will read this whole paragraph. I beseech my dear successor in God's name not to start any unjust wars and not to be an aggressor, for God has forbidden unjust wars, and one day you will give account for every man who has fallen in an unjust war. Consider that God's judgment is sharp. Read history. There you will find that many unjust wars come to no good end. You have, for example, King Louis XIV in France, King Augustus of Poland and the elector of Bavaria and many others. The last two were expelled from their lands and dethroned into the bargain because they started an unjust war. Be assured that God gives an army its heart, and also takes it away from the soldiers. For when King Augustus began an unjust war, his Saxon army was so frightened of the Swedes that in many battles and encounters the Saxons were beaten by the enemy, even when they were twice as strong as the Swedes. For the Saxons were always in fear in this unjust war so that they refused to stand and fight. There, my dear successor, can see the hand of God. The Saxons are otherwise brave people, and have always served bravely in Brabant and the Reich. But as soon as their king engaged in an unjust war, the heart was gone out of them. I therefore beseech my dear successor not to begin an unjust war. Then, dear God, will always bless you and your army will give courage you are indeed a great Lord on earth but you will have to render account before God for all unjust wars and blood that you have caused to be spilled that is a hard thing so I beseech you keep a cure, keep a clear conscience before God then you will enjoy a happy rule this paragraph is crucial because after the testament was written, Prussia would see peace for a de- over a decade. Frederick Wilhelm never wanted war to take place. However, we shall see if Frederick will enjoy, quote, a happy rule. Frederick Wilhelm then goes on to justify his reign, because that's not a sign of a guilty man but he does give some historical evidence to back his claim. During the Great Northern War, there was a plague that ravaged Prussia, and Frederick I wasn't so great with his finances. So here's what Frederick the wrote. My dearest successor will think and say, why did my late father not act in all things as is written here? This is the reason. When my late father died in 1713, I found the land of Prussia practically a dead country from human and cattle plague. All the crown lands in the whole country, or most of them, pledged or let under hereditary leases, all of which I had to redeem. While the finances were in such a state that we were on the verge of bankruptcy... The army, in so bad a condition and in so small numbers, that I cannot even describe all that was wrong. Prussia was severely depopulated from the plague, with some accounts saying that a third of the population of East Prussia died. However, Frederick I wasn't all bad, as I said before, and is, in my opinion, the most agreeable of all the Hohenzollern monarchs I have studied. Now to move on to the finale, or more boringly, the conclusion. Frederick Wilhelm writes, My dear successor, if you have loved me during my life, so after my death you can show your love to me by making the king's regiment your regiment and leaving it with its present pay and distinguish it for my sake. Secondly, continue to enlarge the town of Potsdam, and give it the name Wilhelmstadt, for which God will give its blessing. Meanwhile, I commend my soul to God and herewith give you once again my paternal blessing and wish you to keep God before your eyes and rule your lands justly and in fear of God. And may you always have loyal servants and obedient subjects in a strong arm and a victorious army against all your enemies and i pray that you my dear successor and those that may come after you may prosper as kings and electors to the end of the world and that your provinces may prosper from hour to hour may almighty god help you through this jesus christ your true father till death F. Wilhelm. Overall, I feel that this is the best document to understand Frederick Wilhelm the King. He, however, did not die in 1722 and would live another 18 years while being simultaneously a monster and a good man. This will be the last podcast I will pu- be publishing in a while. I finally moved back to college and I am excited for classes to start. I'm certainly amazed at how much support I'm getting from you all. Who thought that a kid from Ohio could make such an obscure topic as Frederick the Great, as big as it's already gotten. And I believe to, I will conclude the way that I originally did in the first episode, Holy Roman what? I am wishing you all, The best of goodbyes.